The Bible Study Podcast, episode 125. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Luke in Luke chapter 13. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We ended with Luke chapter 13, verse 9, and so we'll continue on in verse 10. A crippled woman healed on the Sabbath. On a Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for eighteen years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out and give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. The number one thing it seems that Jesus comes into conflict with, with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, is this issue of the Sabbath. Because more so than any other issue, they've taken the command of remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy, which is a command in one of the Ten Commandments, and they carried it to the extreme. Well, we've talked about it before. They couldn't carry more than the weight of two dried figs. They couldn't spit on the ground and rub it in with their foot because they'd be irrigating. All of those sort of minute rules. And so what happens is, in this case, their understanding that you shouldn't do work on the Sabbath blinds them to the fact that Jesus is doing something of God, blinds them to the fact that Jesus' healing is something that is good. And they can't see past the rules and the regulations. And that's obviously a warning for those of us who tend to get more bound by the do's and the don'ts, is to look past that and to understand what God is doing. How sad when God is moving so miraculously in their midst that the synagogue ruler can't see that, that he can only see that this is Sabbath-breaking. I wonder where my blind spots are, what I don't see because I don't see as God sees. Luke continues the chapter, Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now, Jesus is talking about some different mustard seed that I'm familiar with, because mustard seed where I am the one that I know becomes a bush rather than a tree. But one of the interesting things about the idea here of the kingdom of God is that it is active and brings change. It starts small and works its way throughout. 
So the kingdom of God is on the move. The kingdom of God is moving forward and growing from a small start into something that works its way through the whole dough. Something that starts small and grows. Jesus goes on in verse 22, The Lord went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. They will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. So someone asks a direct question to Jesus and gets, I think, for Jesus, a relatively direct answer. Are only a few going to be saved? And Jesus' answer is basically yes. That there will be some who think they will make it who don't. Some who expect to be included who won't be. People who say, we ate and drank with you, you taught in our streets, who will be told, I don't know you or where you come from. Now, as he's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's talking to a Jewish audience, and notice here that people come from east and west, north and south, and remember that Luke is again a gospel written to talk about the universal nature of Jesus' coming. So this seems to be one of those verses that says that as he's talking to this audience, that some of them will be on the outside, while others who are outsiders, others who are not Jewish, will be included, the first, last, and the last first. That there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth is an interesting thing because my understanding is that the gnashing of teeth is an ultimate sign of regret. The understanding that something could have been done earlier and that it wasn't done and now there is just this agonizing regret. And so Jesus' answer is yes. Not everyone will make it. Make an effort to enter through the narrow door. And the chapter continues, At that time some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus is told that Herod is after him, that Herod is trying to kill him. And Jesus has already at this point in the Gospel of Luke, here in Luke 13, set his sights on Jerusalem, on going to Jerusalem and on his death. With the understanding that Jerusalem is where many of the prophets met death because they wouldn't stop saying what God had told them to say. And to speak out for God is not always popular. 
and the prophets, certainly many of them, paid that price. Remember that in one of the books of Kings, Elijah at one point thinks that he is the only prophet left. Turns out that God is aware that there is a remnant who has not bowed their knees to the Baal, to the foreign gods that the people are worshipping. But he at that point feels that he is alone, that everyone else has abandoned him. And Jesus says how often Jerusalem has killed the prophets and stoned those. And Jesus is taking on a perspective here, note, that is greater than his earthly days. He is remembering as God remembers this longing to gather in the people of Jerusalem, this sending of prophets to have them be rejected over and over again. And he is looking forward now to his also rejection in Jerusalem and to his death. We're going to end this week's episode here, not that I want to leave it necessarily on that kind of downbeat note, but the next section here in Luke 14 is more of a complete story, so I want to leave that together. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or again, catch me on Twitter at twitter.com slash chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word, one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.